Hi, I'm Adam Summerton. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time. I'm Luke Edwards. Thanks once again for tuning in. And this week I've got my three band of merry men with me. I have Rob Worrell. Hello, Rob. Hi, Luke. And we've also got Chris Pratt. Hello, Chris. Hello, Luke. And as always, we have Dickie Wharton. Hello, Dickie. Good morning, Luke. We're going to move to the... Start with the top of the National League and Barrow, they stay top. Goals from Josh Kay and goal of the day, possibly even the month or the season from John Rooney gave the Bluebirds the win despite a late goal from Barnett's Jack Taylor. Ian Evitt wasn't happy though, he says that they sat back and they need to learn that and he's also, uh, if you read his interview today in the non-league paper, he's quite ambitious and he's, he wants to get him promoted. So can they be this year's Macclesfield boys, unexpected at the top but not fading as yet? Yeah, I think they can, Luke. I think they're, uh, you know, that's four out of four for them at the moment and it's, you know, it's a good sign when your manager's coming out and saying that he's disappointed with a 2-1 win as well. What a big plus for them as well. Uh, they've just signed John Rooney up on a, on a longer contract as well in the week and hopefully... You know that might have had something to do with his with his cracker. I don't know on, on Saturday, but joint top scorers. They've got the most wins. Um, they're going great guns. They really are, and um, they're definitely the team in form at the moment. And I mean, this Christmas period, we, we can only really talk about who's going to be top. I think around about January or February time, realistically. But uh, it's looking good at the moment. Yeah, Rob, funnily enough, Ian Everett said he was disappointed with Barrow's away form at the start of the season, but then they won at Aldershot, and that's what kick-started it, in a way. But um, you've seen more of Barrow than us over under Ian Everett the last couple of seasons. I mean, what do you think? I like Everett. I like Barrow, the way they play football. And, I, you know, I've had to have a mindset change there. Um, just going to be straight and honest with it. I didn't like the football they played under Paul Cox, and uh, uh, I don't think anybody relishes the trip to Barrow, do they, just because it's so far away. Uh, especially from the south, but um, gradually he's uh, imposed his footprint on them. Uh, and I think they're a very, very good side. They, they, they play good football. I don't see any reason why they can't compete right to the very end, other than perhaps a little bit of an injury crisis. Um, I don't know how good their strength in depth is, but uh, in players like John Rooney and Dior Angus is coming into his own and uh, one or two of the names escape me now but they've, they've got players different types of players in the attacking positions that can hurt you in different ways and Rooney just seems to be there um, you know week in week out uh, really producing some classy football uh, at the hub of it all Yeah Bromley they stay second they won 2-0 at Sutton. Ben Williamson scoring on his debut after signing from Eastleigh and Michael Cheek adding a second. And it was interesting to note watching the highlight show last night. They were saying about Bromley and Neil Smith have got a bit more money to spend this year and he wants more quality in there. Well, he's certainly done that over the last week or so. Yeah, Neil Smith is a county manager. He knows what he's doing at this level. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, he put a good squad together in the summer and, and he strengthened it. And I, I, I can just see him you know, going to the board and saying, look, we're doing well, I've given you what you want, we're up right near the top of the league, and if he asks for a little bit extra, I think you'll get it, I think you'll get it, I think Bromley know that the wind and everything's in the right direction for them this season, and they've got to go for it and it's a fascinating battle at the top, in the end those two sides are three points clear of the rest, but there was one point I looked during the games yesterday uh, at the live league table and there was just one point separating the top four or five that was a huge win for them yesterday I know they're playing struggling Sutton but we know that Sutton have got a, a surprise in them as well you know they beat Torquay last weekend and um, 
you know, Bromley hadn't won for nearly a month, so a huge, huge win that for them. Yeah, very tight at the top. It's uh, it's a bit all over the place, and I mean, I'm sure it'll settle down over the Christmas period as we get those games in there. Halifax, they drew 1-1 with Eastleigh on Saturday. Toby Show Silver thought he'd struck gold after scoring in the first minute for Halifax, but Raider Johnson equalised, and Halifax have just stuttered a little bit, haven't they, Chris? Um, yeah, they have a little bit. I think they've got, I think they've got enough quality. Let's face it. I don't think any of us thought that Halifax would be challenging at the start of the season when we were putting our uh, predictions together, but they've surprised everyone. And I mean, is this the point where they do slip back into, into mid table? I'm not sure. I think, uh, I think when you go one nil up, it's a, it's an interesting point, isn't it? When you go one nil up so early in a game, you can be a little bit loose, and uh, and they got stung yesterday anyway. But I think you know they've got a good manager there. I think they'll be all right. I think um, I think they've got enough quality as well. I I think they'll be playoffs. There we go. Well, they're currently in fourth position. They are only three points off the top still. They're just behind Solly Hull, who are ahead of them on goal difference. They got a 1-1 draw at Dover. They were unbeaten in the last month, Solly Hull, after a sticky start. They do seem to be getting it together, although they might be disappointed not to have gone and got the three points yesterday. I think so, Luke. Yeah, but um, let's uh, acknowledge the other team in this in this battle, Dover Athletic. Um, they're in some pretty reasonable form themselves, and... Uh, uh, took an early lead through in the Epion yesterday, but um, dogged. Uh, Solly Hull got themselves back in it through Jamie Osborne, who's uh, one of those. I, I think one of the top five or six players in the National League, and when he delivers, the side pick up points. You know, um, they're right in the game, Solly Hull. And, you know, if you were to just look at those top three um, logically, you might build a stronger case for Solly Hull being favourites now to win the title they were in it last year right up to the very end uh, Bromley and uh, Barrow haven't been in that position what did Tim Flowers learn from that, I mean he's also seen he's also come through a bit of a mini crisis at Solihull Moors this year they had a real real bad spell didn't they and yet they've recovered and here they sit third place um, just before halfway through the season yeah, and Dickie as well. They lost, obviously, Liam Daly, who's been captain for them. He he left the club by mutual consent over the last week or so, and he's, he's rocked up at Gloucester City. But how how big a blow do you think that will be for Solihull? I think supporters probably were, were surprised by it because Liam Daly's been a, a big favourite there. Um, but they brought Callum Howe in in the summer. Uh, I think Alex Goodges just signed a new deal for them as well. So playing the way... Tim Flowers wanting to play three into two was never going to go and Liam Daly's found himself the odd, my, odd man out there um, as I don't know exactly what's behind it but you know presumably I think he's 31, 32 he, he'll want to be playing football and if he's not getting the opportunity um, he, he's seen it it's better that he moves on uh, Gloucester is maybe a little bit of a surprise. I think there were some um, slightly bigger names in the Midlands around uh, who were, were interested in him, but Gloucester's where he's chosen, and um, I'm sure Solihull. I think they've granted him a testimonial actually, so that it doesn't feel as if there's you know too much uh, rancor about that uh, departure. The final thing on Solihull is, is as you mentioned, Robert, they probably are slight favourites in terms of the experience. You know, they've got a lot of experience in that squad. You've been up there around the National League and also from, from last year as well that's something they can learn from Yeah I think so I mean I, I've not considered it deeply to myself yet I've, 
you'll understand why I, I, I've had my eye a little bit more on the other end of the table um, this season. But um, no, they're very, very handily placed. And uh, again, if it was like a horse race, if it was like uh, betting logic or whatever, all of that, then you'd probably build the strongest case right now for, for Solihull Moors. In the other playoff positions, you've got Yeovil, Harrogate and Woking all involved in really exciting games on Saturday. Yeovil, they were in a six-goal thriller at Wrexham. Reese Murphy grabbed a hat-trick and Jimmy Smith grabbed a hat-trick of assists. Um, really topsy-turvy game there at the uh, the Glendary University Stadium. And uh, it's just enough to move Wrexham out of the relegation zone, but Yeovil will be... Do you think they'll be disappointed or not with that? Do you know what, Luke? I think I think both teams are going to be end up disappointed after that game because uh, it was a topsy turvy one. You know, Yeovil took the lead twice in that game, and then in the end they had, they had to equalise. And Reese Murphy's third uh, third goal there was the equaliser. And you know, if you did if you given if you'd given Wrexham a point before that game, if you'd given Dean Keats a point, he'd possibly have been happy with that because Yeovil are going well. Wrexham are at the other end of the table, but um, in the end they've given away a lead as well so he might be disappointed but though he's Wrexham are one of those teams who are beginning to stir in that relegation zone the bottom four maybe apart from Sutton possibly are beginning to stir so um I think he'd have wanted three points out of that. Absolutely, yeah. And and Harrogate, they won 3-1 against Chesterfield despite falling behind to Mike Fondop. They did roar back in the end and win by three goals to one with goals from Josh Falkingham, Ryan Fallerfield, the right-back who doesn't get many, and Jack Muldoon. And Harrogate are really... They're going along nicely, aren't they? They're just chipping away. They're, they've kind of gone under the radar a bit more this year. Yeah, Harrogate had um, a little bit of a sticky start, I think, um, but but they put together a really really good run of form lately. I've just got the form guide open in front of me, and I think I can only see one loss in the last ten, uh, a couple of draws. So, uh, and I think they've picked up twenty three points in the last thirty. So, yeah, they, they've put themselves back into contention again. Um, uh, and you, uh, they, you know, they had their their FA Cup game the other week. You can just sort of like see them. Um, going on from this point you know that confidence seems high absolutely yeah and Woking there in the last playoff place they leapfrogged Torquay we'll get on to Torquay in a minute but they were in front of the TV cameras yesterday at Maidenhead and they won by three goals to two they were two nil up at half time despite Maidenhead trying to peg them back they did lose out to a Jake Hyde winner who was from Maidenhead and a former Maidenhead player and a sodden looking Alan Devonshire he's coat and he's Cap was all soaked. He wasn't happy with the first half performance, but a big win for Woking, and that's put them back in the playoff positions. Yeah, really, uh, really, really starting to show signs of uh, sustaining a, a more lofty position now this season. Woking with a, a terrific uh, first win in ages uh, uh, against Stockport, and uh, now backing it up. They've got to sort their home form out. Uh, they haven't won at home since the 31st of August, so but nevertheless. You know, picking up the points on their travels will be a very short journey to Maidenhead on Saturday. Will be very, very pleasing for Dowson. As for Devonshire, well, not surprised. He's scratching his head. He, 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 he's going to have to go again. He's going to have to pull another rabbit or two out of the hat. It, it's such a difficult job he does year in, year out, keeping Maidenhead competitive at this level. Dicky, can you do me a little favour, please, and just pull up your form guide? Indeed, yeah. Harrogate, they've probably only got uh, Harrogate. Have only got the one defeat in ten. 
How many wins have Maidenhead had in their last ten? I've got, I've got two wins in their last ten, beating Ebbsfleet, yeah. um, and then they beat Solihull. But yeah, but there's seven defeats in there and one draw, so seven points from thirty, which is yeah, jointly the worst over the last ten games in that division. Just just a point, just a point on that game. I thought it was an exceptional game last night on on BT Sport. It was really, it was a really entertaining game. I think Woking were exceptional actually in really difficult conditions. But they were helped out by uncharacteristic maidenhead defending, I thought. In that first half, I thought the defending was shocking by, by the home side. And I know it was difficult conditions. And, and that's not that's not maidenhead. So I think uh, I think they've got a little bit of a, a problem to sort out there. Yeah, obviously, as I say, Alan Devonshire wasn't happy with it. But he's done it before. And you can see maybe doing it again and keeping their heads above water. Now, as I said, Torquay were leapfrogged by Woking. They slipped to 1-0 defeat at Charlie. Back-to-back victories for Charlie, both 1-0. And against the top scorers in the division as well in Torquay, it was Marcus Carver chopping up the form book there, Chris. Yeah, the magpies are stirring, aren't they? As you say, back-to-back wins. And how many times has, has Marcus Carver headed a winner at Victory Park? It, it happens so regularly, it's unbelievable. And how many times have Charlie gone one ahead and then not conceded again? It's such a difficult place to go to for a wayside victory park. It's quite a tight ground. It can get quite hostile. It's an unusual ground. It's a lot. Of, it's, it's a ground that a lot of teams won't be used to used to playing. I don't think Torquay can have that excuse because they played in the in the South, national south obviously last season. Jamie Vermigle thought they could have gone on to score two or three, but it. What it does is it makes it really, really tight at the bottom. And I tell you what, Chorley won't give up. There's a lot of time to go and they'll make Victory Park an incredibly difficult place to go to. Yeah, well, as I say, with that Victory, Char- um, they, haven't lift- they haven't lifted off the bottom, Charlie, but it's so tight. They're only within a point of getting out of the relegation zone. They're on the same amount of points as Ebbsfleet and Sutton. Wrexham uh, in that last spot just above the relegation zone there on 20 points and Chesterfield on 22 and Chesterfield another disappointing defeat yesterday and you saw Ebsley as well Chris um, I, you fear for Chesterfield a bit they seem to they looked sort of turned the corner but they've slumped back again haven't they they've almost made a U-turn and uh, Ebsley they're improving as well slowly aren't they yeah well if I, if I talk about Ebsley first um, obviously got a point yesterday at Edgley Park they were 1-0 up for the the majority of that game I mean I think to be honest they, they did get battered in that second half by Stockport County who, who despite all that couldn't really create many clear cut opportunities but got a late equaliser uh, I think in the second minute of injury time what I will say about Ebsfleet is they don't look like relegation material to me they've got a front three um, they've got a front three or four players really attacking and they're going to win games on moments Adeloy Ugwu uh, Reed. The movement is fantastic, and those players could quite easily sit in in, in uh, slip into a team in the top half of the table, I think. And I think as long as they keep keep it tight, they'll score enough goals in moments of the game, and then um, and then keep the rest of the game tight. And Chris caught up and had a quick chat with Kevin Watson after the game. Joined by Kevin Watson after a point here at Edgeley Park. It was nearly three points, though, wasn't it, Kevin? It was nearly three points. I think based on the last 20, 25 minutes of the first half, it should have been three points. Um, but all things considered, I think a point at the end of the game we most definitely will take. Stockport will probably feel slightly aggrieved they've not gone on to win all three based on the last half an hour. I mean, you really had to hold out in that last half an hour. Yeah, we did. We did, and you know, let's make no bones about it. We we defended resolutely. 
Um, we were throwing bodies on the line, but that's because we didn't retain the ball well enough when we had it. And it just kept coming back at us. We couldn't get out. And we've not, we have been pretty good at using the ball well and getting ourselves up the pitch, but we weren't today, um, especially in that last half an hour. I mean, the fact that you did keep, you were ahead for so long in the game, is that a sign of how much things have been progressing? I think it's fair to say you're unbeaten since you've, since you've taken over, uh, apart from the cup game. Is that a sign of the, the sort of strength in the squad, in the team? I think so. I, I, I think it shows that these boys do have quality uh, they're most certainly running their socks off for me that's, that's absolutely they're giving me absolutely everything I'm asking mm. of them um, I think that's three draws sorry three wins four draws and only one defeat I just said to them in there you know sometimes you've got to grind out that win today I'd like the D's in our form column to start becoming W's and that way we'll we'll edge out of this trouble we're in but there, there won't be many at the bottom at the minute that have got the, the form that, we, that we've got um, and as I say, it's only a point, but it's a point that's moving in the right direction. I was going to say that's playoff form if you were at the other end of the table, but you're not. What are the chances of getting out of this, do you think? Who knows? I've not got a crystal ball. If they keep playing the way they are for me, keep scoring goals, we know we need to be d- defensively better. I said in the first half, you know, Stockport had a bit of the ball, but we were causing our own problems, playing in wrong areas, back headers, lack of communication. That all needs to improve. It all needs to improve. And as soon as the more clean sheets we can keep, we know we're going to score goals. Um, I was disappointed we only scored one today because we got into some great areas in the first half. We got into good areas in the second half and the final ball let us down. Um, so it's most definitely going to be the, the defending, the defensive side of the game that when we improve, it won't be if, when we improve, we'll win more games. Best of luck, Cam. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll be all right. But I've realised that I've said I think Chorley might get out of it. So <laughs> I don't. I'm, I've got no one going down this does, season. Does that relegate Chesterfield then in your eyes, Chris? Well, Chesterfield, Chesterfield, are just so mediocre. You don't know what you're going to get from week to week with Chesterfield, do you? Um, so I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not putting Chesterfield down. Obviously, yet at this stage of the season, but they need need to get. Build a bit of consistency, I think. Uh, Sutton, I mean, you know Matt Gray really well, Rob, and um, they are struggling a bit. Do you think they've got enough to uh, stay up? I don't know, Luke. I don't know. I mean, every week I spend looking at this table thinking, you know, which teams, how many teams can uh, all the shot finish above. You, you know, that's understandable for any fan of, of any team. And, um, you know, when we did our season predictions um, back in August, I strongly considered might Sutton be one of the four relegated sides and I'll, I'll have to double check this I don't think I went for them in the end but um, I, I was looking at the inexperience of Matt Gray as a manager um, that Doswell leave in effect uh, some big big players had gone but I think they still had uh, a nucleus of, uh, of core players that are very experienced and very good at this level uh, and they started well, didn't they? Unbeaten in the first five or six, I think, up the higher end. But uh, they've consistently struggled for wins of late. They're joint bottom of the table, if you like, with uh, Chorley and uh, Epsfleet now. And um, it's going to be tough. Um, one of the reasons it's going to be tough is because teams like Wrexham, I'm absolutely sure, will pull up to a position of safety. AFC Fire, I haven't really mentioned them today. They've got another decent win, 3-0 against uh, Dagenham, who... Uh, 
obviously put six past Aldershot last week, so that was a great result for Jim Bentley. I was going to say, Robbie, it just shows the, the weirdness of the National League because Dagenham went nap in the first half last week, didn't he? And then they got some back at filed on Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's uh, topsy turvy league, and strange things can happen. I love watching it. You know, uh, even as I went to the match I went to yesterday, I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, even though both the teams involved in that had got, you know, hammered one at home three 0 and the other one away six one, didn't know who was going to rise, who was going to bounce back the best. You know, um, but coming coming back to Sutton, um, they're three points away from safety. That's if we assume four clubs are going down, and they are right in the mix. Um, but you'd have to bet on at least two out of the three out of Wild Chesterfield and and Wrexham pulling clear and of those three uh, big clubs or clubs with, with with good clout if you like um, I think Chesterfield are the least likely of the three to pull away Interesting There you go get in touch on uh, on Twitter at NL Full Time let us know your thoughts or you can email us as well nlfulltime at gmail.com We'll get on to Aldershot in a minute Rob uh, Mid-table battle between Hartlepool and Boreham Wood, Hartlepool came from 2-0 down. There's some interesting decisions from the referee in that game, it's fair to say. Not sending off Nicky Featherston, who then got the goal back to set Hartlepool in the win and a last-minute dodgy-looking penalty there. But I know Dave Challoner spoke last week. He's trying to get some positivity into the dressing room. He squandered a two-goal lead at Evsfleet, but he's, he's trying to get that doom and gloom that's been hanging around the club away a little bit, isn't he, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is, and I think uh, first of all, what I, I think it's a, a great appointment um, that they made a couple of weeks ago to get Dave Chandler in charge with his, with his record at Fylde, and I think this was his first home game as well, so it's the first time that the majority of the fans will see the sort of style of football that he'll that he'll want to play, and I think he knows that he's got a he's got a job there, he's got to get the the fans on side and 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 all that sort of thing. I think. Um, Coming from two goals behind is never a bad way to start. Um, so the fans will leave on a on a little bit of a high. So um, yeah, look, they've got some they've got some players. I mean, I'll be interested to see if one of uh, one of Rob's favourite players can can start firing Kabamba there. You know, he's a, he's an absolute ham- he's like a giraffe, isn't he? He's all arms and legs, and he can be he can be a real difficulty for. The defenders, so let's see if he can get them get them going. I think if anyone can do it, I think he can. And uh, last but not least, all, all the shot they got a fantastic two-one win over Notts County, which moves them six points clear of the relegation zone and a nice little cushion for all the shot down there now. Yeah, it's been hard graft, um, but huge credit to Danny Sell and the Aldershot uh, Town staff and players. A very, very, very low point last week with a 6-1 defeat at Dagenham. A lot of soul-searching. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he said himself last week, Danny Sell, that with, a, with, with, with you know coming back from that, Notts County was not one of the teams they really wanted to play. OK, they had a little blip of late, but they've been pushing up there towards the playoff positions. They've settled really, really well at the National League level. Um, and uh, just to quote Danny Sell, he says, in that situation, you can implode or you can roll your sleeves up, and I can't praise the lads enough for that reaction. They never shirk their responsibilities, and you could see that they wanted to put it right. You talk about character and mindset, and they certainly had that today. Someone else who got exactly what he deserves, and it was great to see him get his first start finally in the National League, was Alfie Whittingham. Uh, he came on and scored in the home win against Maidenhead a couple of weeks back. Started yesterday, he was given one job to sit on Doyle, the Notts County captain, for the whole game. 
He did it brilliantly. He frustrated him superbly, and he got ahead of him to to break the press or, or to come through with the press, nick the ball, and, and and score what was ultimately the winning goal. So, huge moment, uh, hopefully, in the career of Alfie Whittingham. A lot of trust in him yesterday, and he came through. Um, a morale boosting win for the shots. It keeps them a little bit clear, as you say, a little bit of a cushion. For Notts County, though, it's the first back-to-back defeats this season, boys. And uh, interesting, uh, you know, to see that. That, that that's good at this level to, to not have back to back-to-back defeats until halfway through the season. Um, I caught up with Neil Ardley briefly after the match, and, and bless him for that because. Uh, he was struggling a bit with a bad back too, but uh, he gave me a few minutes of his time. Joined by Notts County manager Neil Arley, who knows more than most that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, you've been at the club a year. Right now, I guess, in the rain here in North East Hampshire after a defeat and with a dodgy back as well. Uh, you know, things won't feel so good, but uh, it's, it is a marathon, not a sprint, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but there's some strong teams in here that are being consistent and we can't fall behind. So... We worked really hard from a, a, a tough start with us, you know, having to recruit loads of players in a short space of time without a pre-season. We've, we've worked really hard to get ourselves into the playoffs. And then when we've got there now, we haven't been able to sustain over the last few weeks. And that's something we need to look at. Um, I, I believe the group are capable of, of turning it and becoming better. But we're coming into the winter months now and we've got to grind out some wins. Appreciate it. It's back-to-back defeats at this moment, but from afar... I've been impressed, as I know the other members of our podcast team have been with yourselves and Yeovil, how well you've taken the blow of dropping down from the Football League and refocusing because for so many big clubs coming down, uh, they struggle in those first couple of years. So the fact that you're in sort of ninth, tenth place at this stage of the season, you've got a platform. Yeah, um, we have. Um, I, nothing really matters until the end of April. That's that's the long and short of it. You know, no one would would moan if we were 15th all year and went on an unbelievable run and finished in the in the top seven. You know, it's 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 all about getting the points and chipping away at them. We've got winter months coming, and it's not a time for us to, now to drop our levels and going into like some thick and fast games and and find ourselves, you know dropping down the table and playing catch-up. So we'll have to try and address it, um, but disappointing today. It perhaps felt with both teams trying to respond today that the first goal might be crucial. It wasn't as it happens because you came back like you've done so many yeah. times, Neil. You just we, couldn't get yeah. the vital second equaliser. Uh, we, we've got yeah. goals in us, but I think we all know you go away from home and concede two goals, you need to score three to win. Very difficult to do away from home. And, um, you know, both of our goals we've given today are really, really poor. Um, we've, we, you know, both all from our, well, both of them from our mistakes. So that's a tough one to take. Uh, but that's not really, you know, that's part and parcel of football. I'm more bothered by the fact that we we lacked um, that little bit of bite today that that we we, we should have. Because, like I say, teams probably going to enjoy trying to play Notts County. And uh, nobody can accuse you of not trying to get the goal back. Five strikers on the pitch at the end of the game, was it? Oh, it might have been. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was, Neil, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it didn't, it didn't work, no matter what no. we tried today. You know, I'd try and protect the players and, and you know, try and give them freedom, but, but they have to take some responsibility today. Our final pass, we've got into some great areas, our crosses in the goalie's hand behind the goal. They're all stuff that we do loads and loads of work on, and, um, you know, 
we'll, we'll get that bit right, but we've just got to be better without the ball. And if we get that part right, I'm sure we'll have goals in us. Just finally, a, a word, if you wouldn't mind, for all the shot. You thought they'd be a dangerous opponent today, and that proved to be the case. Yeah, we knew that they'd come, and they'd, they'd, you know, whether they're home or not, they'd have, have a sort of plan and, and make it difficult for us. And they did. They put themselves about. They worked their socks off. And that's the thing. Teams aren't going to come and let us have it easy and play around them. They, they were intense in their work, and we didn't handle it. Thank you, Neil. Uh, that was Notts County manager Neil Ardlin and one thing I do disagree with him Rob is he said oh if we were in 15th and then made a surging run everybody would probably be happy well I, I'm sure if Notts County were in 15th now the fans wouldn't be too happy would they it's, it's funny how they look at like they're looking ahead saying yeah if we have a good run of form but I suppose Notts County would rather be in the position they were now than uh, that, that they are now than say be in 15th position yeah definitely I think probably just you know, once they they had the change of ownership at the start of the season, the players come in, they started to settle, they got some good form together. And once they just pushed into those playoff positions a couple of weeks ago, I think it was very easy for the fans to think, well, that's it, we're there now, we'll sit there for the rest of the season. Um, but uh, this is a very tough and unforgiving league, and if you're not quite at it, uh, somebody will take the points off you. And it's happened now to them two weeks running once, uh, from a very, very good top-of-the-table Barrow side uh, and the other time from a wounded Aldershot Town side that uh, are determined to prove people wrong this year. Rob, just just on uh, Alfie Whittingham uh, and a bit of a light-hearted note, I don't know whether you've seen his goal-scoring gif on social media. I, I have actually, Chris, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I've, met, I've, I've had exclusive here, I've exchanged uh, messages uh, with Alfie this morning about it because... The particular celebration that he did, uh, I don't think he knew what it was, but he did it. It's picked up a lot of interest and it's gone viral on Twitter. Have a look at it from uh, at official shots. Uh, Alfie says, it's a dance a few of the lads have done in the changing room. Uh, I just did it for a bit of a joke for them to see. I have no idea what most of the comments <laughs> mean either. <laughs> I did see there was one comment that someone said, God, this is crazy. More people have liked this gift than, than go and watch all the shots home games. <laughs> it's absolutely true, Chris. And uh, we'll have to do a little bit more digging. I'll see if I can come up with the answer next week. Or maybe one of our NL full-time listeners can uh, tweet in or message us. With uh, I, I, I guess it's, it's some very, very cool or cultural dance or song that he's taken off and... Uh, um, it's certainly attracted a bit of interest on the world of Twitter so uh, have a look at that from uh, Alfie Whittingham's goal celebration uh, on official shots being the youngest one out of all of us I'm going to have a look and see if I can have a look and identify it you think you're younger and trendier Luke, <laughs> I'm, yeah I'm, I'm rubbish at using technology but I, I think I'm down with the kids yeah let's have a look no I don't know what he's doing yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what he's doing. It's, it's daft. <laughs> it's completely daft, isn't it? But I, I think it's a great shout from Chris, and nice that you raised it, mate. And, and what, a, what a sting, what a sting that was—the fact that I'd met, exchanged messages with Alvin this morning. <laughs> Excellent. We'll move on to the FA Trophy. National League North and South sides came in at this round, so we'll have a look at those results shortly. If you're driving on a motorway and you see a red X sign overhead, you need to change lanes safely. Driving in a red X lane is an offence. Red Xs are there for a reason, to protect you and others from danger. The lane may be blocked by a broken down vehicle, 
or road workers, or the lane may be needed for the emergency services. So if you see a red X, change lanes safely. Highways England, connecting the country. Hi, my name's Steve Claridge. You're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast. So, in the FA Trophy, we're going to look at the shocks. Big ones, Chris. We'll start alphabetically, because <laughs> we might as well. But uh, Boston United, they lost to a late goal at Atherton Collieries. And as we know, Chris, it's uh, it's quite grim up there on a wet and windy day. It's, it's difficult for any team to go there. Well, I hope there's no one from Atherton listening to that. <laughs> It's uh, it's a very welcoming place to go. Is Atherton? Uh, as we've been there a couple of times with uh, with Hyde, but uh, no. And do you know what? It doesn't surprise me. It's uh, Atherton are um, really come good over the last couple of seasons in, in the league that they're in. Um, but Boston um, Boston made quite a lot of changes yesterday, and I think this is probably. A, a good little debate to have whilst we're talking about the trophy. They made a lot of changes. They ended up getting beat in in the um, in the the trophy. Um, obviously, prioritising the league a little bit more. As we talk through these results, it'd be interesting to see how many of those sides that did get beat did feel weakened sides because um, Boston ultimately paid the price. But are they too concerned about it? I'm not sure. Yeah, they've got. Well, they've got one eye next week, haven't they, in the FA Cup, I suppose, as well. They hadn't lost for... Well, even even with that win against Carshalton the other week. It's not really affected the league form as such. They've had one win and one defeat. Uh, that defeat was in the last minute at Spennymore. So, it's an interesting one because you, they either do well in the FA Cup and then not in the trophy. And I suppose if you're progressing the FA Cup, does the trophy take a, a sort of a back burner in a way? Well, I think that the trophy is not as lucrative... As the as the FA Cup, obviously, um, but there's more of a chance of progressing in the trophy. So, yeah, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? And I think the answer, I think, I might answer my own question: is it probably depends on on each club. Um, we'll come to another club who had a, a good result as we go on through these results, who um, who may be prioritising these competitions for positive reasons. Definitely, um, and the other one we can look at in the north, and is uh, and it's appeared on the front of the non-league paper as well today. Is, is Hales Owen beating Gateshead? Does a does a two division gap there? And Dickie, that is a massive shock, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, Hales Owen were uh, relegated last season, um, and uh, they're, they're rebuilding under I think Paul Smith is the manager down there now. Uh, yeah, an eighty-six minute winner. I've seen the goal just uh, across to the far post, knockdown header, um, and Simeon Coburn's just there just to poke it over the line. Um, Mike Williamson. Gates had obviously disappointed by moaning a, a lack of goals from them recently. I think that's a, a third defeat in the trot after being knocked out of the FA Cup at home to Oldham. And then they lost 3-0 to Altrincham as well. So maybe just a little bit of a sticky patch for them. Um, but yeah, a terrific result for Hales, though. I mean, as I said, there's a two-division gap. But um, I, I wouldn't think seeing that result many teams would fancy going there in the next round yeah I mean again kind of the opposite uh, the opposite question if you like Dickie and it's the same with Altrincham they've they've had good results in the FA Cup and, and the trophy and it's really kickstarted the season I mean they've beaten York away twice they've beaten 1-0 in the FA Cup a few weeks ago and they won there on Saturday in the trophy and that's really pushed their league form up as you s- they're unbeaten in 10 now in all competitions but in the league they were they were struggling a little bit they were picking up they weren't picking up many wins it was either draws or, or narrow defeats but it's kind of gone the other way for Altrincham but for Gateshead do you think it's affecting their league farm a little bit because they've lost to Oldham now and Hales Owen and also Altrincham during the week well um, 
you know, to use that old cliche, they haven't got that to worry about anymore because they can concentrate on the league, having having lost in both of them. But um, yeah, potentially so a little bit. Whereas you know, for altering, I mean, it's it's provided a, a really tremendous boost. I mean, it's uh, I think sometimes think uh, uh, games in a, a different competition, perhaps maybe if there's not any expectation upon them as well which I don't think there has been I mean so there's a little bit of pressure lifted off altering them and they can just go there and play and then they get a result that lifts confidence they've done well in a game which you know it's a knockout game you're either through or you're not and and that just sort of like stiffens everybody's resolve a little bit sort of like makes them think well what are we doing in the league why can't we play the same way um, and it's, it's working for them down in the south, uh, one result that really jumped out at me, Rob, I know they've lost Glenn Driver over the last few weeks, was, was Braintree losing at home to Yates at the Southern Football League Division 1 South and West. And Yates scored two goals in the last quarter as well, Louis Britton there. The manager's Paul Britton, so I'm wondering if they are related there. But uh, anyway, if it is, he's done, he's done Mr Britton Senior, the manager, a whole load of good with that result. Yeah, absolutely, he has. And looking at it from... Uh uh, one of our National League clubs' point of view, looking at it from uh, Braintree's point of view, it's really disappointing because when you're struggling a little bit in the league, you've had a change of manager, um, you're desperate for a bit of respite, a bit of escapism in the in, in, in the Cups and then not been able to get that. Um, bit of a false sense of uh, security probably from that second-minute goal that put Braintree ahead, but ultimately they succumbed to those two late goals and uh, that's the FA Trophy over with for the season for them. Um, not so much a shock, but a game I kept a close eye on yesterday. You know, good old derby match in the uh, in the FA Trophy. Nicky Bull's Leatherhead taking on Dorking Wanderers, and quite a few connections between both clubs, including uh, 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 Jake Gallagher, uh, who was uh, who, who was managing the eight under 18s at Leatherhead. Now he's at Dorking. Um, and talking uh, come away with that one quite comfortably in but interestingly it was a hat-trick from Jack Barham on a season loan from, from Barnet so uh, he maybe just needed to drop that uh, that, that one level just to, to really find his form uh, and, a, and, and a great day for Jack Barham Yeah, another massive shot though Rob although again it might be a case of have they got bigger fish to fry? Wealdstone losing at home to Royston. They went 2-0 down, trailed 2-0 at half-time before goals from Ross Lafayette and Jerome Akimo got them back level. But then a late winner from Brandon Adams for Royston. And, uh, well, it, I suppose it is a shot, but will Wealdstone ultimately, as I say, have one eye on promotion and be maybe not that secretly not that fussed? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't studied the team in detail, so I don't know whether they used it as an opportunity to give some fringe players or, or some of the fringe players a game yesterday. What I would say is well done, Royston. Nice for them to have the shoe on the other foot. Of course, they got knocked out of the FA Cup by Molden and Tiptree a few weeks ago. Uh, that was a giant killing of sorts because there were divisions between those two sides. Uh, tough one in that competition for Royston, but what a scout for them to go away to. Uh, the league leaders in the National League South and, and, and pull off a win there. So, uh, well done, Royston Town. Southport, they were 2-0 down to Northern Premier League Division 1 North West Side Colne just before half-time. Devan Green pulled one back right on half-time and, and that gave Southport the springboard to go on and win, which culminated in a stoppage side winner from David Morgan. Yeah, David Morgan's been um, a standout for Southport in recent weeks. 
Um, I think your hat trick maybe a couple of weeks ago in the league, and um, you know he, he wears the armband very proudly and has has, has done them proud again yesterday, uh, poking in uh, a really late winner for there after Brad Boris brought them level at two each, um, and you know that's a. a that's a terrific result for Southport, really, having been 2-0 down especially. I think when um, at the game I was at, we saw that result and, and thought an upset was on the cards. But, uh, yeah, the sound grounders have grown that one out. Yeah, Chris, it's... Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Just to add to, to Dickies, I think um, I think if there's one team that uh, aren't going to slip up in a battle against the team from a lower a lower division, it is going to be uh, a Liam Watson team because they'll battle with the best of them. And uh, as we know, it's a bit of a sloping pitch there at Colne and they obviously uh, combated that to, to come out on top. Some other results that stood out were Oxford 1, Hornchurch 1 and Bath City 0, Gosport nil, so both sides have to go away in a replay, and uh, they're never ever easy, are they, when you're going away to a lower division side in a replay? Kent Derby, they met again once again this week, they met in the league last week, it's Maidstone 2, Dartford 2, so they have to do that again. And good morale boosting win for Tunbridge over at Bognor Regis. In the north, a couple more results there, Darlington got a good win against struggling Gainsborough. And a standout result there, Telford winning 4 0 at Garrisley, Dickey. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it certainly wasn't expecting it by that scoreline and thought it'd be a, a far tougher proposition than it was to go to Nethermore. But uh, yeah, a first goal ever for the club, actually, for defender Zach Lilly in the first half, puts ahead. And then um, two goals from Aaron Williams in the space of about 10 minutes, and then one for Marcus Denanga just just put it out of sight, really. Another tricky tie, which I thought could have been an upset at, was Harringay have done really well in the FA Cup this year, as we know. Uh, they, they were at home to Hemel Henstead, and Hemel came out comfortably in that game in the end. Uh, two goals for Sam Ashford, Jack, I can never say his name, Kapomu, and Liam Nash got the goals there against Harringay, and a potential banana skin avoided, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. They come through uh, without too much trouble. One, one sort of match I wanted to pick up on. If you look outside of the National League, uh, you know, the Premier Division of the National League, you look for clubs that might possibly be able to go on and win the FA Trophy. There was a, there was two of them I thought met each other yesterday, both uh, from the National League North. And it was Brackley, who were, of course, former winners of the FA Trophy just a couple of seasons ago when they beat Bromley. Uh, a tough tie for them at home to Chester. And Chester came through that one uh, with a 1-0 win. And uh, I bet Mr uh, Dudley, Mr Johnson, fancy a run in that competition. Yeah, I would imagine they would. And, um, I mean, Brackley, we, we talk about their home league record. I don't think Brackley have lost a home league game for something like 12 months now. Um, but yeah, not quite so lucky in the the cup competitions. And uh, Anthony Dudley's goal enough to put Chester through yesterday. And yeah, Chester are, are sort of just keeping on grinding out those kind of scores when maybe York having a little bit of a wobble at the moment. I don't think York have won in their last four now. So um, I certainly don't think it's uh, it's a shoe in at, at the top when it comes back to the to the league for. For promotion for your I'd just like to point out at this stage that I do think that I put Chester's champions on the prediction uh, chart just want to throw that in there yeah but if they win the FA Trophy don't get any points for that Chris <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> nice try 
what we should do. <laughs> Is that a new rule for next year? Yeah, a new rule now. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just finally before before we go, a couple of other ties that may have been tricky as well for the National League North clubs were Farsley winning 1-0 at Workington and Kettering despite having a man sent off they won 3-0 at Peterborough Sports who are always at a tough nut to crack so two good wins there because Workington are flying in the in the Northern Premier Division North West Division they're top there currently and Kettering as we know uh, struggling at the bottom although they've picked up since Paul Cox has come in so two potential banana skins avoided there as well yeah, it didn't sound like a, a thriller at Workington, but Jack Higgins got the goal for Farsley. And then, uh, yeah, Kettering Town, they, they've got some bounce under Paul Cox, a 3-0 win at Peterborough Sports. Um, also, just quickly mention, uh, Curzon Ashton, okay, yeah, they beat the team from the same division in beating Kidderminster Harriers 3-0, but that's, uh, that's, I think, something like a third win on the bounce for Curzon after beating Telford and then after beating York so they're starting to put some form together and yeah pretty dreadful result for Kidderminster at the same time Yeah and the final game we're going to look at is, is Chelmsford 2 Hungerford 1 and there was goals there in the first half from Tom Knowles and somebody you know very well Rob Dave Winfield he got the second goal before a consolation from Kofi Halliday and after the game, Darren Smith, who was on last week from the Claret and Blue Army podcast, he caught up with friend of the podcast, Hungerford Town Manager Ian Herring. So you had a 2-1 defeat here today, but uh, how did you rate the game? Um, yeah, it, it was a good game of football from our point of view, which, um, which sounds sounds silly when we've, when we've lost lost a game of cup football. To go 2-0 down at half-time as well it was, it was frustrating in the sense of we've had a few problems this week. The keeper, Our keeper on loan from Birmingham got injured um, on Thursday and we didn't get the, the, another loan keeper registered in time yesterday along with permission for another uh, one of our midfielders to play. So we, we sort of had dis- long discussions yesterday and today regarding um, protecting our goal uh, sort of eliminating um, set pieces the set piece threat and, and stuff like that and I felt the only opportunities really Chelmsford created were from us um, so yeah and that's what I re- reiterated to our boys at half time and if they believed in it and kept doing what they were doing and kept trying to pass the ball and move move the ball on the floor then we'd get back into it and, and possibly we should still be in the hat but hey we've missed a penalty but the second half performance with a 16 year old kid coming on at half time as well um, even though we've lost the game that's, that's a win for me today and I feel proud of my team you made a double substitution at half time I've seen one of the guys had a day coming on and scored straight away I mean did you get what you wanted from that change yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, we're coming back here to, in two weeks' time, so I don't want to say too much. But um, but no, it wasn't because the two that come off. It wasn't because of how they played. It was more so of what I wanted us to try and do to, to get us back into the game. And, and yeah, that that certainly happened instantly, which which was good. And it's good for Kofi to get on the score sheet. Um, I just felt in the second half, like I said, we moved. We was passing the ball around very well, and we was creating opportunities. But when we did get to the final third, especially as, the, as towards the end of the game, we were. A bit loose in possession and a bit sloppy and um, and that might have been tiredness creeping in and I've got Mike Jones back today who's been out with a broken foot for, for sort of 9-10 weeks and he's played 90 I've had a player leave in the week so we're down to the bare bones but hey everyone's got to suffer with stuff like that and, and yeah so those two changes were good pleasing you want your subs to make an impact 
So next up we've got a tough looking game down at Weymouth and then a very big one at home to Tunbridge. Obviously confident you can pick up some points in those games? Yeah, that's what it's all about now for us, isn't it? It's back to the bread and butter of, um, of league football. And yeah, Weymouth have adapted to the, to the level extremely well. Um, they've got a good manager. Um, who, who again tries to play football the right way? Um, so yeah, it, it, it's um, I'm I'm excited to go there, and especially off the back of that performance, and we'll we'll rest up, recover, and um, and go there full of belief. Um, yep, we've got Tunbridge Tuesday, but we can't we we can't think about that game. Our focus is Tuesday night training, then Thursday, then Saturday. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. Safe journey home, and see you in a couple of weeks. And that was Ian Herring, and yeah, he had a lot of youngsters to blood, but uh, good to see Dave Winfield back on the score sheet. Yeah, I had a message from his dad after the game yesterday. He said, well done, shots on a great win, and the boy got the winner in the FA Trophy too, so he was very, very pleased. I think it's just great uh, for Dave to be back playing again regularly, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's probably picked a good club, good good. Uh, good fit for both there and uh, he'll lead from the front Dave Winfield and uh, he's always good for a goal getting up from the back excellent well guys thanks for joining us cheers Rob cheers Luke have a good week boys yes cheers Rob cheers Chris thanks for joining us again yeah cheers guys thank you have a good one and well done you Dickie see you later yeah take care boys cheers that is all don't forget to subscribe to us via iTunes and Spotify and give us a follow on Twitter at NL Full Time until then thank you very much for joining us and we'll see you all very soon